We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it's September 27th, it is 2022. We have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I'm joined by my buddy, Keith Eiser, Eis819. Um, it's Monday night, <laughs> recording, and this football game, um, it's a rough one. But uh, hey, man, we get to talk. 12 baseball games, we're, you know, what? less than two weeks now of the baseball season next wednesday is the last day um i know the braves and the mets play this weekend so i mean they have something going on the orioles trying to catch the mariners or the rays so they have something going on but i mean the rest of the league kind of shaping up i mean the cardinals i think they need to win one game or the brewers need to lose a game and then the cardinals lock in the nl central so wild wild week um but not as wild as usual with three playoff wild card spots instead of two. Yeah, kind of surprising that none of these races are really all that tight coming down the stretch. Like that's the whole purpose of baseball adding these extra playoff teams is to to make the last couple weeks of the season a little bit more relevant. Um, but yeah, just everything kind of locked in. Um, these football games, man, like it makes you really miss red, red zone Sundays because when you get a dud on a Thursday night or a Sunday night, like we had last night, Monday night, this is a couple in a row. Now it's, it's tough to watch games like this as we've got a field goals, no touchdowns at all yet on Monday night. So definitely tough to, to watch these. I didn't watch much of the Sunday night football games, so I'm glad it was a dud. It was um, it was just as brutal as this one here on Monday. I mean, I was watching the NASCAR race, and they couldn't run 35 laps without having tire issues. So, I mean, I don't know which one was worse, having three of my guys lead the race and have a tire go down as they were leading the race or watching a dud football game. I think I would have rather watched the dud football game. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Um, we are brought to you by Sleeper. If you haven't checked them out, use promo code Grinders. We have a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred bucks. If you use the promo code Grinders, you instantly get put in the Rotor Grinders squad and the squad chats. Um, so I mean, check that out. Uh, love what they're doing over there on Sleeper, and I posted a four pick play earlier today and it's getting close to you know fully hitting so need tony pollard to get some catches here i need need the giants to score so pollard can have the opportunity to get some catches here in the second half of this game and then i think we'll be looking looking pretty good um yeah i mean so 
Check them out if you haven't. Like I said, use promo code GRINDERS, and that way you can join the squad, join the squad chat, and get the 100% bonus up to 100 bucks. Get some free moolah. 12 baseball games to break down and talk about here today. We get started with Atlanta at Washington. No total in this game. Sounds like it's going to be Kyle Moeller going up against Paulo Espino. Uh, any interest here in Kyle, Kyle Moeller at 7,400? Yeah, I kind of do. Um, pretty good prospect. I believe he's third in the Braves organization, according to Fran, Fangraphs. Um, big 29% strikeout rate in AAA. And he gets this Washington team that just doesn't offer a huge threat on the other side. Um, I think there are a couple guys in this range today, um, but he's, he's fully stretched out. The price is, is okay, and I like the matchup. So I think he can take some shots here. Yeah, I mean, so the Giants, Barkley is just, he's so good. He's healthy, man. Um, yeah, he looks great. He does. He looks good. The only concern that I have here about Moeller is he is a lefty, and he is likely going to see a lot of righties here. Not saying they're the best righties in the world, um, but like you said, he's fully stretched out. This has been a guy that has been pitching, um, in triple a big, I wouldn't say he's like a huge prospect, but being like the third overall prospect in the, um, Braves organization, you know, you're, you're solid. His biggest thing is command. He struggles with command and walks from time to time. We saw that, um, he started, what was it? Seven or eight games last year. And we saw that big strikeout stuff, but also, you know, command issues. So, he can kind of reel that in. He is someone that has some big strikeout upside. So I assume they let him go 80, 85 pitches if he's pitching well here. Um, maybe a little bit more, 7,400. Um, we saw them on Monday. I mean, they just, you know, let him keep going, um, Elder. So I, I think if if he's pitching well, I don't have really too much concern. Elder went 106 pitches yesterday. So I don't know if we see that much from Kyle Moeller, but I do think if he's pitching well, they'll let him go. So, yeah, a lot of interest here in Moeller at 7,400. Um, it's getting into that time of the season where it's really interesting as far as, like, pitching goes because you have so many teams not really playing for anything. So, like, how long does Lance McCullers go here? Um, is Houston going to roll him out 105 pitches here against Arizona? Tough to say. Robbie Ray, we'll talk about him. Um Philly's using like Wheeler as an opener and Syndergaard as, as like a long relief type play. Like we're going to see a lot of this down the stretch, um, you know, for this last week and a half. So, but yeah, I have interest in Moeller. Don't have interest in Espino with the Braves playing for something. And as good as this offense is, Espino is not great. Easy, easy stay away spot for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Just not enough upside here for Espino. Um, really tough Braves offense on the other side. I'm out on him as well. Yeah, Espino, 19% Ks, 46% hard hits. Um, that's not what you want against the Braves. You got to be able to attack this lineup. They hit the ball hard. And, um, I mean, the Braves are a team that I was very high on yesterday, and I'm going right back to the well here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just very solid offense up and down. Um Harris has been hitting up near the top of the order here recently after hitting around eighth, ninth all year long. So really love him at, at 4,700. Uh, Olson's been struggling a little bit, but his price is coming down too at 4,500. Um, you've got Acuna, Riley, and Swanson up at the top all over 5K. So it, it's, a, it's a pricey stack, but having Harris there is a little bit of relief. And then whoever they're starting in the outfield, you generally get a punt or two in the outfield for the Braves. So definitely like the way this stack sets up here against Espino. Any interest in Washington on the other side? I mean, it's a, a young lefty on the other side. I certainly think with control issues as well. So it's possible he comes out and, and just doesn't have it. I do have a little bit of interest. I don't know if the, the full stack has enough upside. Um, Manessis has been really good against lefties. I like him. Lane Thomas probably leads off. He's 3,400. Luke Voigt, I don't know what to do with this guy, man. Like tons of power, but just a really down year for Luke Voigt. He's been awful um, against lefties this year, too. He really has. Like, and I just I don't understand it because he's been good against them in his career prior to this season. So just tough season for him. Um 
Vargas is a guy that we that you can play against lefties. Uh, he might be down in the order a little bit, but he he's near stone minimum. Um, probably more of a three man stack just because the the entire lineup lacks upside. But I think you can take some shots here for sure. Manessis is expensive. Um, I, I think I'd be looking at him more on Fanduel or Yahoo, just trying to see if he's a little bit cheaper. Um, I don't have those sites up in front of me, but he's just someone uh, on DraftKings. He's he's pricey. I think on Fanduel he was like right at 4K on Monday. So if he's that expensive, I mean he'll be low owned, and he has plenty of home run upside. So I mean for that aspect of things, he's very interesting. But the price is just high. Um. Yeah, I mean, Manessis, like you said, Lane Thomas is a value play. Um, Vargas, if he is in the lineup for Washington, he's 2,300. And he's not great against right-handed pitching, but he's had good power against left-handed pitching. And he's a fly ball hitter. So could be a cheap punt at 2,300. And he's a switch hitter. So, I mean, he would be someone that, you know, gets to play if a reliever comes in or anything like that. So... Yankees and Blue Jays, seven and a half total here. The Blue Jays, a slight favorite. Pick them on some books. It just depends on the book that you're looking at. Tyon against Barrios. Any interest in Jamison Tyon here? Not against this Toronto team. Um, low strikeouts, uh, good control guy, but tough matchup here against Toronto. Um, like 7,300 is about where the price you'd want to play him in, in a better matchup, but just don't like him very much in this matchup here. Also like the sixth time he's faced this team this year. Um, that's a lot. I mean, uh, whether you like to look at that stuff or not, it's still, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a lot that you're seeing one team and it's not like he's put up like blazing numbers against them. He's been okay. Again, it's that conversation though. How, how deep does he go? Um, here for the Yankees. They're in cruise control mode. They're they're going to finish second in the AL. They're going to win this division. Um so it's tough to say. I mean the Blue Jays would have to sweep them. Um I mean I think they're tied as when we started recording the podcast they were tied. I don't know if they're pulling it up. So yeah, they're in the top of the 10th and they're tied. But I mean for for them to have any chance, they'd have to sweep this series, the Blue Jays, um, but it doesn't look likely. Uh, Barrios, I think this is unless Judge hits it in, um, unless Judge hits the home run here in extra innings. I think this is his best chance he's had in the last couple of days. Um, I don't think this is a spot I want to play Barrios. No, just it's been such a tough year for him. 6,300, like he's a better pitcher than 6,300, but tough matchup here against the Yankees. They offer lots of power upside, and he's really struggled with the hard contact this season. Um, I don't know. Like he's a better pitcher than this, so it's it's tempting to want to do it, but he's been he's been bad enough recently. I think I think I just stay away here. There's There's other cheap pitching options on this slate. So my question to you really quick, and then we'll talk about the hitters in this game, but say the Yankees win. I think if the Yankees win, they clinch, right? I'm pretty sure. Say the Yankees win and they go full B squad here. Um, would you have interest in Barrios if that happens? Because, I mean, yeah. technically the Blue Jays would still be playing for something because, you know, they're still playing for that top wild card spot to have the easier technical matchup against um, would it be Cleveland, I guess. Yeah, and also I think the first wild card spot gets the home games as well. So definitely still something in play for Toronto. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that becomes an interesting combination if you get or a conversation. If you get Judge and Stanton and all the big Yankee bats sitting. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you have to take a look at it then because Barrios at 6,300 against the B squad of the Yankees, I I, I would have some interest then, so he would call just be something too to keep cheap, an eye right? Out. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I think it would just be more of like the price thing um, than anything else. His price is just sixty three hundred. If he gets the B squad, like if if Judge and Rizzo, Stanton, and say like, I think that'd be enough. I think if yeah. those three guys sit, I think that'd be enough. I don't think I'd be too worried about like Torres and Donaldson. It's just a conversation to have. We see it happen all the time when teams clinch. They cannot win the AL. I mean, they are locked into that two spot. They're not catching the Astros. They're like 
Yeah, Astros would have to lose every single game. It's just not it's not gonna happen. Um, so yeah, I mean it's just a conversation. Check the lineup. Um I mean if the Yankees roll out their normal lineup against Barrios, what are your thoughts on the bats here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can take some shots here. Barrios has given up a ton of hard contact, like I said. Um Rizzo, I think, is a fantastic play. Uh fifty one hundred has been hitting the ball really well here recently, up over 30 home runs on the season. Obviously, Judge, um, if he hasn't hit, hit that home run, I agree. This is a great spot for him. Uh, Donaldson, Torres, Stanton, like all, all the power bats. I, I think you can stack them or just hunt for home runs either way. Um, Blue Jays against Tyon and Andrews here in Toronto. Not a ton because of their pricing. They're so expensive. Um, Tyon, not a guy that really gets blown up. Yankees bullpen is pretty good. So just I don't think they have the ceiling in this spot here. Um, certainly an offense you can play on any slate, but not not one of my top offenses by any means. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to put the ball in play a lot in this game. So just yeah. rather not how that kind of shapes up. Does that shape up to a couple big hits in good spots or not? I mean that's I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in Toronto in this spot. But I wouldn't necessarily talk you off of them. The, the problem with Toronto this season, just in general, is they've just been hitting the ball on the ground. Like they have four or five, almost six guys with ground ball rates over forty-eight percent against right into pitching this season. So while they don't strike out, I mean they not necessarily like lighting the world on fire when it comes to home runs either. And they do have all the talent in the world. Um, Baltimore at Boston Bradish against Waka nine total in this game. The Red Sox are a one thirty favorite for some reason. Uh, any interest here in Bradish? Um, no, I, I don't really think that I do. Um, Boston has had a tough year offensively, but just not, not a ton of upside. Um, like if we get Barrios against a, a weak Yankees team, that's that's a much better play than Bradish against Boston here. Um, yeah, not not much to say. Like I, there, I'd rather get up into that seven K range. Um, or if if Barrios opens up, I think he's an option as well. I mean, if you're if you're the Red Sox, you get to play kind of spoilers here. Um, so I mean, you kind of get up for this game. It's a divisional opponent, and you have a chance to keep them out of the playoffs. I mean. There's something to that, you know. Um, so I don't think this is a spot I I play Bradish. Um as bad as like the Red Sox lineup is, they still have some power. Um, they just called up Cassis. He's one of the top prospects, if not the top prospect in the Red Sox organization. Big power bat. Um, we'll talk about him when we get to the batters, but I mean he adds a little bit of power too, and then I mean, old, old man J.D. Martinez had a home run yesterday, so you never know. But Bradish is not like an overpowering guy. He gives up a lot of hard contact. I don't think that's the type of pitcher I want to play against the Red Sox. And Michael Waka on the other side of this game, he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been fantastic this season. It's not like he's a guy that has a huge ceiling. I could see him putting up like 15 fantasy points here, but I'm likely not playing him in this spot. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the reason that they're they're favored here. He's actually like his results have been phenomenal. Um, it's a little bit smoke and mirrors. Like his Sierra and his XFIP are almost a full run higher than than his ERA, um, and the strikeout rate isn't huge. So, not getting a great price on him. Like seventy nine hundred is it, he's playable at seventy nine hundred. I I certainly wouldn't talk anybody off of him, um, but I'm not sure that he puts up a score that you have to have in a tournament. Twenty um, percent strikeout rate. Baltimore is a, a pretty solid offense nowadays, so I'm, I'm probably out on Waka, um, but I think he is in play at this price if, if somebody had some conviction on him. All right, let's talk bats. Anything here for Baltimore? I think I'd just be looking for home runs here. Um, Waka has, is a fly ball guy. He's always given up hard contact and homers. Um, Rutschman at 4,600, I like that. Henderson is still under 4K. Definitely like him. Uh, he's a big power guy. Um, those are my two favorites. I mean, Mullins and Santander are certainly in play as well. Mountcastle. Actually, Mountcastle, I think, 
probably profiles um, best against him. Waka has been reverse splits at times throughout his career. So I, I like Mountcastle at, at his price. Um, Henderson at under 4K as well. I think both of those guys, you could be, you could find a cheap home run here for sure. Yeah, I like Henderson a lot. Fly ball pitcher, ground ball hitter. Um, I'm always looking for situations like that. I talk about it nonstop, and I'm sure people are sick of me hearing it. But, I mean, ground ball, fly ball, science tells us line drives. Um, and that's what I want. And I think Henderson has the power where if he's hitting line drives against Waka, um, I mean, there's a chance they leave the ballpark. This dude, average exit velocity of like 96 in 80 um plate appearances so far against random pitching so it's it's up there he has power he's a stud he is um i mean on the boston side i mentioned him in passing here a minute ago but um cassis tristan cassis got called up a couple days ago um like a week or two ago um like beginning of september i think but he's 2100 and this guy grades out as like a big big time power hitter um We'll see. Like, it's so hard to tell on like power hitters until like four or five years, usually. But I mean, this guy, raw power wise, grades out really high. Like I said, he's a top 15 prospect in all baseball, number one prospect with the Red Sox organization. Um, so, I mean, at 2100, I think he's very much in play here. Yeah, I, I certainly like that call. Um, it's to be determined if he turns into Raffy Devers or if he turns into Michael Chavis, um, who just got DFA'd by the, the Pirates here. But I, until, I mean, we have a lot more data on it, I think it's perfectly fine to take shots. Um, and any guy with a, a power profile at near minimum price is is always in play. If you, if you end up getting two home runs for that near minimum price, I mean, that's – that's ideal. Um, I, I like some of the other guys too. Kike is still cheap, thirty one hundred. Uh, you mentioned JD still has a little bit left. He's forty one hundred. He hit uh, his home th- run for the week already, though. Eh, that could be him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm I'm not terribly scared of Bradish is, is what I'm saying. I, yeah, I don't know if I'd, I I don't know if I'd full stack the Red Sox, but I I certainly don't mind uh, a three man here. This game's in Fenway too. I mean, you got to yep. take advantage of the ballpark as well. Um, like the Kiki Hernandez call a lot, um, just being, I mean, his price and everything. I had him as a conviction play on HQ on Monday just because of his, and his second base was just awful on Monday. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if I full stack the Red Sox here, but I think as a mini stack or even like a four-man stack, if you don't want to go full five-man stacks and you want to go like 4-4 four, four or 4-2-2 four, two, two or something like that, um, I, I don't hate the idea of, getting Red Sox in this spot. And both of these teams, they're going to use a lot of arms on Monday's game. Um, so, you know, that game got delayed for like over an hour. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of bullpen arms in that game as well. Miami at New York facing the Mets. Seven total in this game. The Mets a 2-10 favorites. Pablo Lopez against Carlos Carrasco. Any interest here in Pablo Lopez? Not against this Mets team. A um, little bit of a step backwards this year for, for Pablo. Good ballpark. Um, so certainly don't mind that. But just the Mets are like, they don't strike out very much. Um, you've got some big power guys like Pete Alonso on the other side. So tough spot for Pablo. I'm probably out. Yeah, this dude uh, has gotten absolutely shellacked against this team three out of his four starts this year. Um, like, he just faced them September 10th and 10 hits, eight earned runs, and three and two-thirds, and that game was in Miami, and then he faced them in um, July, and two and two-thirds, 12 hits, six earned runs. And I know there was a start earlier this season that he pitched bad against them too. So not having that big strikeout stuff, is really tough against a Mets team that puts the ball in play a lot. Carlos Carrasco, 9,300 on the other side of this game. Mets still something to play for here. I think if Carrasco is pitching well, he goes deep. So I have a ton of interest in Carrasco on this slate. Yeah, I, I think Carrasco is a great play as well. Uh, great matchup here against Miami, who strikes out a ton. They strike out a little more against lefties, but they, they still strike out plenty against righties. Um, Carrasco is right around league average, slightly above for his strikeouts. Um very much in play here. Like, love the matchup, love the ballpark. Any interest in the Miami Bats? 
No, just not a very talented offense. Um, Carrasco, not a guy that that tends to get blown up very much. Um, yeah, I'm I'm out. It's kind of where I'm at as well. I don't. I mean, the Mets are are somewhat interesting here. Like we we talked about, Lopez has not been the same this season, and like I said, he's he's gotten crushed against this team a couple of times this year. Uh, again, in this ballpark, it's tough to say full stack the Mets. But on the flip side of that is like Alonzo is expensive and Lodora is expensive, but the rest of the stack is pretty cheap. Yeah, I have some interest in the Mets here. Um, I think Pablo is better than he's pitched this year for for the most part. Uh, but this Mets offense is, is really good. Uh, Nimmo should lead off at forty nine hundred. He's a little pricey as well. But then, like you mentioned, like Nate wins four four K. Canna's thirty nine hundred. Vogelbach thirty seven hundred. Um, Depending on who's in the lineup, uh, Vientos, if like I don't know how much he's been playing here recently, but pretty big prospect, um, has gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, still plenty of talent there, I think. Um, but yeah, pretty easy to make this st- Met stack work because there, there's some cheaper options to pair with guys like Alonzo and Lindor, um, and just lowers the overall cost of the stack. I mean, if you want to go two kind of expensive pitchers, you could always throw Vogelbach in there over Alonzo as well. Um, Hate that we have to decide between those two guys when stacking the Mets, but yeah, I get it. I get it. Up next, we got Philadelphia at Chicago taking on the Cubs. Seven total in this game. Philly, a seven-point favorite. It sounds like Zach Wheeler is going to open this game and throw three or four innings, and then Noah Syndergaard is going to come in and pitch behind him. You know, we know Wheeler just came back from the I.L., uh, his last start through 58 pitches um, against Toronto. I think the easiest way, and then Stroman on the other side, but the easiest way to say is just don't touch this Philly situation with the pitching. Wheeler's 10-1, Syndergaard's 8-4. I wouldn't be shocked if they go like 4-3, 4-4 innings-wise. Um, I mean, they're just being very careful with both of these guys here. Yeah, it's a real bummer. Um, if Wheeler was a full go here, he'd be like the best play on the slate. The Cubs have a ton of strikeouts in their their lineup nowadays. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not getting a discount at all. Even even just assuming normal progression, he threw 58 pitches in his, his first start back. Um, so you're looking at like 75 pitches. Um, just like, I don't know if there's an innings cap. I don't know how they're handling it. Um, but 75 pitches is just not enough to work with at, at 10 cap. Well, they moved Syndergaard to the, they they want to move Syndergaard to the bullpen for the playoffs, right? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Isn't that a, I think that's the idea? You know, they're pretty much locked in, right? Um, and the Giants would have to win every game, and the Phillies would have to lose every game. I think is the only way. But I think it's like the NL wild card. The Phillies are definitely in, and the Padres are definitely in, and the Brewers are definitely in. I think is where we're at. Um, I think the Brewers have a the lowest chance um, if the Giants win every game and the Brewers lose. But I think those three teams are going to make it. So, um, yeah, I was reading a report the other day when when this happened the first time. Syndergaard relieved um, Wheeler last time when Wheeler came back. And I was reading a report that he lost the, like, job as, like, the four starter to uh, falter. So, so I think Syndergaard's going to work out of the bullpen in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love this spot for Wheeler. I just don't know how deep we can really trust him to pitch in this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see, I could see him getting like seven strikeouts in four innings or something, but that's not enough for 10K. Check the reports tomorrow. I think that's the biggest thing um, because if he gets, he's just 10 to one. Oh, if yeah. he was like, if they, yeah, if he was nine K like, because he, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yep. But yeah, I just don't think he's gonna pitch enough. And like one bad inning and you're your shot. I mean, you're done. Um, so yeah. Strowman on the other side of this game, seventy seven hundred, hasn't been pitching bad. Seth gives some decent matchups here recently. Any interest in Strowman against Philadelphia? He has been really good here recently. Um and strikeouts have been there for, for the most part. Um I don't tough matchup against Philly. If we get some wind blowing in, I might have some interest, um, but not not a ton of strikeout upside. Uh, Seventy seven hundred is a, is a fair enough price, though. Um, he's he's kind of just in that same range with Waka. Like they're they're very similar plays. They're fine. It, it 
probably works out for you. I'm just not sure that you get the ceiling that you need for a tournament. Yeah, seven total definitely uh, suggests that the wind is not going to be a huge factor blowing out anyway in this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, any interest here in the Philly bats? Uh, no, not really. Um, they're priced up. The, uh, the home run headers that I would look to um, for a home run off of Stroman are, are all priced up. Harper, 54. Schwarber, Real Muto, all above 5K. So, um, Bohm at 3,800. Maybe you could chase a home run there. Hoskins at 4,600 is is fine, but don't love the stack because Stroman's a, a good ground ball pitcher with solid control. Uh, I'd be looking for a home run mostly. Schwarber, Harper, Hoskins, one-offs, and just trying to find a home run. I'm with you. Check the wind. Um, I, you know It's not up right yeah, now, true. so yeah. check the wind. Um, I don't really have any interest in the Cubs bats. I mean, you're going to get 60 to 75 pitches here. Um from Wheeler, probably two or three innings from Syndergaard. So I just, for me, I just don't have a ton of interest here in the Cubs bats in this game. Yeah, I, I have no interest. Um, Wheeler's great. Syndergaard serviceable. So tough spot for them. Chicago White Sox at Minnesota. Lance Lynn against Bailey Ober. Seven total in this game. White Sox a slight 120 favorites. White Sox officially eliminated over the weekend. Uh, any interest here in Lance Lynn? Some interest. Um, he's 9,500 though. I don't. I don't love the price, but this Minnesota offense, like they're a little bit watered down. A lot of injuries there. Um, I think he could take shots. I, I certainly um, – I prefer Carrasco. I prefer the guys in the later games that we're going to talk about as well. Um, but he's in play. Yeah, you know, he's back next year with this team um, for 2023. How deep do they let him go here? As, knowing that Lance Lynn is so, um, you know, injury-ridden and stuff. That, I mean, he's, a, he's still super serviceable at 35 years old. Um, so – I, 9,500 is just the biggest thing question marks about how deep they let him go um, as well. So I think this is a spot. I'm probably just staying away from Lance Lynn Bailey over on the other side. I probably don't play him either. Like I could see looking at like a strikeout prop for him um, on like an underdog or a, a, a sleeper or, you know, any of those things, but I don't see myself using him in DFS. I mean, the white Sox have, not being the best team in the world, but 6,700. Um, unless this lineup's just really bad, I, I don't have interest in over. Yeah, same page as, as you. Um, we could see some guys sitting though with the White Sox officially out. Um, I don't know if you get Abreu and Jimenez sitting or something like that. You might, you might take a look at over like pretty decent prospect that the price tag is fine the problem that the white Sox aren't good but they don't strike out a ton either so um if, if it was a watered down lineup maybe i'd take a closer look well they sat eloy on sunday um they put luis robert on the il for the season like he's not coming back um they already said that so i doubt tim anderson comes back now um as well you know they were talking about that he could return but i highly doubt he comes back now so I mean, I just, for me, I just don't see a lot here with Chicago. Um, and then on the Minnesota side, you want like power lefties against Lance Lynn. And it's not like Minnesota has a ton of power lefties in this spot. I mean, maybe you take a shot on like a Matt Walner at 2200 or uh, Jake Cave at 2100, but I'm not going out of my way to play Minnesota in this game. Yeah, that's part of why I kind of said that Lynn was in play is Minnesota's really right-handed. They are um, very right-handed, yep. And I, I like the Walner call, um, another good power prospect. Um, so you, that you could potentially find a cheap home run there. But yeah, they just don't match up very well against Lynn. Um, that's why I think he's in play despite this price tag. But like I said, just other guys I prefer to play. Uh, but I, I'm, a- I'm not looking to stack against him. Keith, you get to that time of the year where you start talking about a lot of power prospects. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you never know how they're going to work out or they're not going to work out. But um, yeah. you have, you know, you have a little bit of interest in these guys just because they're cheap. And 
the whole point of them being up with the big league club is just to get them at bats now um we, we're gonna see that a lot here because there's a lot of teams out of it it's weird it really is um but i mean you're gonna see a lot of prospects over the next week and a half um st louis at milwaukee i think the cardinals clinch with a win i have to i'll have to look into that but eight total pick em game Mikolas against Hauser. Um, I'm almost positive they clinch with a win, but talk to me here uh, about Miles Mikolas. He's fine. Um, just not a guy I like to play in DFS ever because he doesn't get a ton of ton of strikeouts. Um, yeah, I mean, this Milwaukee team does strike out a lot, uh, but there, there's some upside pitching on this slate that I'll, I'll be playing ahead of Mikolas. Yeah, I don't have a ton of interest here. I mean, I don't mind like big strikeout pitchers against the Brewers. And Miles My- Mikolas is a guy with a ton of junk and he can have good games. There's just so many pitching on this slate, um, so much pitching options on the slate that I don't think I have to go there today. Um, Hauser, 6K on the other side, not against the Cardinals, right? No, no, no chance. Um, he's been pretty bad this year too, actually. Um, put together a decent year last year, but he's he's struggled this year. He has struggled ever since they took away the sticky stuff. Okay, yep, makes sense. So I don't know if he's just not getting the rotations on the baseball or or what, but he has struggled. Um, just saying. Um, yeah, I mean the St. Louis Bats. I think they're a stack you're looking at today. They still have something to play for. They're going to get these guys um, quality at bats, and it's a good matchup against Hauser. And the Brewers' bullpen is still good. It's just not as good as it was a few years ago, and we're so scared about them. It's just not the same bullpen. Yeah, St. Louis is one of my favorite stacks on the slate here. Um, Like I said, Hauser just hasn't been good. You made a great point about the bullpen there. Um, They remove Hayter. That kind of just – pushes everyone back like Rogers is not near as much of a threat uh he's really struggled since the trade as well um so really they don't have much in front of Devin Williams um definitely a weaker bullpen than we're used to Hauser is not going to go very deep into this game so you should get some some weaker relief pitching in the middle innings um I like the St. Louis stack a ton obviously Goldschmidt and Arenado are always in play uh Gorman's price has come down and he's struggling with the strikeouts a little bit but there's still a ton of power uh, with this guy, Newt Bar has been pretty good. Donovan, if he's in the lineup, is good. And all these guys are cheap, which which makes fitting Goldschmidt and Arenado in fairly easy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like this stack. I mean, at this time of the year, I'm definitely looking for my stacks to be playing for something. And I think St. Louis said, I think they clinch with a win. Um, pretty sure like the Brewers are seven games back and a win mathematically would eliminate them from winning the NL Central. So. And they're and they're not catching the Dodgers or the Mets or the Braves, so I mean they're going to be playing in in the wild card series next week or week. Yeah, after. Brewers are six and a half games back. I just looked. So a win would be seven and a half, which I think would eliminate them mathematically. So, um, Brew Crew, any interest here in Milwaukee? Not Michaelis is not a guy I like to stack against. Um, I think you can. You could look for some home runs here. Um, good ballpark for for lefty power in Milwaukee. So Rowdy Tellez is a guy I like. Um, Forty nine hundred is not a not a great price, but he's fine. Wong is cheap at thirty eight hundred. Don't mind that. Um, I think Renfro at forty six hundred. You can certainly chase a home run from him against anybody. Don't love the price on Adamas and Yelich. So it, it's probably Tellez or or Wong or Renfro for me. Yeah, not a ton of interest here. For me in Milwaukee, I mean, Mikolas is a junk baller, man, with good command. So, unless we get like an extreme hitters umpire that's really going to shrink his zone, um, I don't have a ton of interest here in the Brewers. Uh, Arizona at Houston, Zach Davies, Lance McCullers. Um, they put a total out, yeah, it's eight, and the Astros are a 225 favorite. Any interest here in Zach Davies? No, not against this Houston team. Yeah, even if it's the B squad. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. care. 
<laughs> yeah, I I like the Houston bats a lot today. Um, Lance McCullers, ten five. After struggling when he first came back, he has definitely looked better here recently. The matchups were good, but it's not necessarily like this is a bad matchup either. The strikeout rates has come up. It looks good. The fly balls have kind of jumped back down. 10-5 Lance McCullers against Arizona. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a, a lot to ask for him, um, but I think he, he's certainly in play. I think they're a better place for cash. I'd play Carrasco over him for sure. Um, there's another couple of guys that we're, we're still yet to get to who are in good spots. Um, so tournament only for me, but that the, the uh, strikeout upside that you touched on. Arizona doesn't strike out a ton, but McCullers, when he has that curveball slider combination working, he can he can strike out a ton of guys. Um, so I, I do like uh, playing him. I think that the price tag keeps him low owned in this spot too. So he's in play for sure. Yeah, I have no interest in Arizona bats. Do you? I do not. No. Houston. I mean, assuming we get the normal lineup, I think they're one of the top stacks on the slate. I love stacking against Zach Davies. Um, they're on, they're at home. They're probably going to lose an, a half inning here because, I mean, they should be winning this game. But, I mean, Davies is a guy that's capable of giving up two or three home runs in a start. So I like the spot for Houston a lot. Yeah, for sure. Love Houston. Um, one of the top overall stacks on the board. Uh, whatever Alvarez's hand injury has is certainly behind him. Dude's been been raking of late, um, so fire him up. Tucker is under five K. Love that play. Uh, Altuve and Bregman also the studs. Like you said, keep an eye on the lineup. But I I love the the premium Houston bats. If we get some cheap guys in there, like Mancini is thirty three hundred. I would love him if he was in the lineup. Diaz is thirty six hundred. Would be an option if he's at the top of the order for me. Um. Yeah, I mean, Alvarez and Tucker are the two guys I really want to play, but the full stack is is fantastic as well. Yeah, I mean, Alvarez, I think I, I, was, I was reading it the other day. He's like three home runs away from 100 home runs already in his first three seasons. Because, um, I mean, technically he didn't play 2020, so um, I think he only played like two games or something like that. So, like, if this... If he can stay healthy, man, uh, 25 years old, like watch out for this guy. Um, definitely someone, if he stays healthy, that should crack that 500 home run club. Um, the power is legit. And I mean, three home runs away from a hundred, um, or it might be two. I think it's two. I think he hit a home run the other day. So maybe it's two anyway. Um, big power, you know, you have to have interest, um, you have to have interest here um, in Houston and him in general. Oakland at LA taking on the Angels. Caprillion against Sandoval. Seven and a half total. Some books have it at eight. Almost all books have Angels minus 205. Um, any interest here in uh, Caprillion? Um, I mean, he is he's really cheap. Um he's been okay actually his last couple of times out. Not a great overall season for him, but I, I don't know. I still think there's some talent in here. I probably prefer Sandoval on the other side, but Caprillion, like if you need to go down to the to the 5k range, um, like I, I don't know, he's in play. Um I certainly want to play some LA bats against him as well, but he's fifty five hundred. That's I mean, that's that's way that's dirt cheap. So there's some strikeout upside at a really cheap price. I, I think you can take some shots here. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, really good game out last time against Seattle. That That's like the best game he's pitched um, since July. He really hasn't had those big games this year. Um, maybe he's on to something. Maybe he's pitching better. I mean, he's only allowed one home run in his last five starts. Who knows? Um, he's cheap. So if you want to go down there, um, I think there's better options as SP2s today. I mean, I think on the other side of this game, Patrick Sandoval is a better option as an SP2 today. Uh, talk to me here about um, Patrick Sandoval. Yeah, I, I like Sandoval a good amount, and it's just the matchup, the price tag. Um, I mean, 6900 against Oakland. Um, 
they're not a huge strikeout team. So I am a little concerned about the upside. Like there's some, it's like Carrasco's in a great spot. We're talking about two guys still who are in, in great spots. Like you might need some upside from, from your pitchers on this slate. And I am a little bit concerned about the strikeouts here. Um, but, but I mean, he's got an average league average K rate, uh, 6,900. You could definitely do worse. I think, I think he is the best cheap play like point per dollar wise. He's, he's absolutely in play. Um, any interest in the Oakland bats here? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't mind trying to find a home run against Sandoval, but there's not a ho- lot of home runs in this Oakland lineup. Um, they do get a nice ballpark upgrade going into LA away from Oakland. But you just look up and down the lineup, and like their best best power hitter is probably Seth Brown, but he's lefty lefty. Uh, Sandoval is a little bit reverse splitsy, so I don't know if he's in there. I don't hate taking a shot on Seth Brown. Um, he just he's has has struggled with lefties his whole career, so that that's tough. Uh, Langoliers, I think at, at catcher, you could get a cheap home run from from catcher. That that'd be fantastic. So don't mind some shots on him at twenty five hundred, but definitely not full stacking him. Yeah, I mean, the problem, too, is, I mean, some of these guys have hurt, so we don't really have an idea what this lineup's going to look like. You're you're likely going to get some cheaper bats in the lineup here for Oakland, so, I mean, pay attention to that. I mean, Dermis Garcia is a guy that has some pop. He's 2K, another first baseman, though. Um, but, you know, he if he cracks the lineup, which he should, Chad Pinder, um, 2K, outfielder, throughout his career has hit left-handed pitching way better than he's hit right-handed pitching. So some potential cheap bats here for Oakland. And then on the Angels side, I mean, Otani and Trout, you know what you're getting. The rest of the lineup is just, is so, eh. But I think that's the best way to say it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's perfectly said. In fact, um, yeah, it's, it's Otani and it's Trout. Maybe, I don't know. I don't even love Taylor Ward in the spot, but everybody else has, has struggled a bunch. So, don't like the stack. Caprillion's not anybody I'm afraid of. Um, I do like the the Trout and Otani. Like, it's a great spot for a home run for one of those guys. Um, but don't love the stack. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes into play if you're just doing a couple smaller stacks. Um, I just, I mean, maybe Ward, but it's not like he's super cheap. So unless like a, a right. cheap Angels bat cracks the lineup that... Um, what is it, Lavinia Soto? Or, like, if he's in there, he's 2,200 at shortstop. So he would be someone I, I think is is super interesting here to pair with Trout and Otani. And, I mean, it'd be really nice if he hits, like, ninth and you can kind of do the nine one two type of stack. But this is a guy that had six hits over the weekend at 2,200. I like that call. I was trying to look for that third man, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, Dodgers and Padres, Snell and Anderson, seven and a half total here. The Dodgers are only a one twenty favorite in this game. I thought that was somewhat interesting. Um, we'll see. I mean, they are uh, they are on full cruise control mode. Not only are they the best team in the NL, they're the best team in baseball this season. So the Dodgers are cruising. Um, any interest here in Tyler Anderson? No interest in Anderson. 9,100 is a lot to ask for. Uh, tough matchup against San Diego. San Diego doesn't strike out. Anderson doesn't have a great strikeout rate. So just don't see the upside in this spot. Yeah, and he's likely capped around 90 pitches. He has been here recently. Um, I think he's thrown over 90 pitches once in his last five starts. Not a ton of upside. Tough matchup against San Diego. Blake Snell, 9,900. Coming off of a monster game, 117 pitches against St. Louis, seven innings, 13 strikeouts. The Padres are still battling a little bit here. Um, they look really clean and good to make the playoffs. Um, I don't know if we see Snell get 117 pitches again. I was I was a little shocked by that. Um, what are your thoughts on Snell at 9,900? Yeah, I don't love that he threw 117 his last time out. I think they probably tried. <laughs> big red flag. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big number nowadays. Um, Ten years ago, we were seeing that all the time, but here recently, you don't see it much. And teams generally pull back after they extend guys that much. I think he's probably capped at 95 ish here. 
but the strikeout upside is still there for him. Um, so I, I do have interest. I just, he doesn't have quite the ceiling of, of 13 strikeouts that he had in the last game. Um, I, I need to look at these standings here. San Diego is one and a half up on Philadelphia, who is the third wild card. And Philadelphia is one and a half up on Milwaukee. So they're, Milwaukee is three games behind them. It would take a, a pretty significant collapse here from San Diego for them. But I mean, there's, they're still, they still need to play. Like they need to keep winning because it's close well, enough. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they keep winning, they play the worst wild card or the second worst wild card. Right. Um, I mean, I, yeah. Winning matters to them for sure. I just, 117 pitches last time out for Snell and facing the Dodgers scares me off. Could he go out and dominate this game? Sure, he could. He's you know, he's he he's one of a few pitchers on the slate that have double digit strikeout upside. Yeah, I mean if we get the full Dodgers lineup, I'm probably not going going. That's here, a good point. That's a good I, point. I think they might rest a couple of guys. Even if just one of Betts or Smith is out, I, I have a ton of interest in, in Snell. Um, just for that strikeout upside, like we we've seen him stri- strike out ten and in five innings before. So well, as the, long as he's only, not... oh, I was gonna say the only thing really quick, the only thing like about resting players, they did not play on Monday. So yeah, good point. And they're, I mean, they're gonna try to keep these guys fresh for the like. You don't want them to take two weeks off going into the playoffs either. Um, no, but they will be like, resting guys down the stretch, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. Um, so check on the lineup. I think if if you get one of those big righty bats out. Like, I don't know. I don't know why they would play Freeman here, lefty lefty against Snell, other than just to get him a look at him. Um, but one of the, like, Will Smith being out would be a huge deal, I think. Uh, Dodgers bats, probably going to stay away myself. I, I mean, they could easily stack and work out here, but I mean, Snell's a good pitcher. I don't think I want to stack the Dodgers at their prices against Snell. Yeah, agreed. Um, very tough to see them reaching a ceiling performance here against snow if we get some cheaper guys in there maybe you could piece together a three-man i think that could have some home run upside but i'm not full stacking them if it's if it's the main lineup here because the pricing against a a great start strikeout pitcher uh but padres are somewhat interesting like manny machado uh, and brandon dury they crush left-handed pitching and anderson is hittable I think it's going to come down to ownership. Like if they're going to be less than 10% owned against these, like against Anderson at these prices, um, I'll find a third bat in there just to make it like a little three man stack. Yeah. I don't mind that call. Um, those are the two Drury and Machado that have, that have the upside. Uh, maybe you look at Will Myers as, as a cheap option to put with them. Um, yeah. I don't hate it. Probably won't full stack. Um, Anderson's been really good this year. Uh, another great con- control guy. So don't like the full stack, but the, the mini with those two big upside guys I could get on board with. Always good when you hit your completions prop and your over Richie James receiving yards on the same play. Let's go. Very nice. Oh man. Sills is still sitting at 20 yards. I've got him over 20 and a half. So I could use one more David Sills catch. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully it works out for you. It's not. It's not looking promising though. Um, I mean, they are down and they are pushing the ball down the field right now. Yeah. So. And he's out. He's out there. Uh, Galladay was playing ahead of him a little bit more this game than he did last game, but we'll see. One one more catch, we can get there. Yeah, but Galladay can't catch the ball, so I mean that's always yeah, good so, for you too. He just had yep. two easy drops. Yep. Texas at Seattle. This Texas situation. I, I read that Tenko is going to start and open the game, but not going to pitch deep into the game, um, which I thought was interesting. I don't know. I mean, it's that time of the year. so Yeah, they've been no... using him out of the bullpen, I think, for the last month or so, haven't they? Yeah, he, he's been yeah. in their bullpen. So he's no, not I mean, out. No, no, he's not going to pitch deep. He's definitely going to be in like an opener situation. Um, we don't know who's... Yeah, I don't think we know who's going to come in behind him yet. There's no total out in this game. Really tough talking point night before. Uh, Robbie Ray's pitching for Seattle, though. We're not touching this Texas. We're not playing Tinko anyway, because he's not going to more than two innings for sure. But let's talk Robbie Ray. Um, Seattle, I mean, they need to win out. Uh, They don't need to necessarily win out. 
but they need to win games. Baltimore um, is there. They're, I mean, they're beating the Red Sox right now, and it's looking like they're going to win. So Baltimore is going to be about three and a half games behind Seattle. So, I mean, every game matters for them right now, for sure. So Robbie Ray, 10-3, pitching well, 105, 110 pitches here. Um, not necessarily love the matchup, but I could see a big game, and I think he has one of the highest ceilings on the slate. Yeah, I think Robbie Ray, maybe Carrasco is right there with him, but I, he's he's one of the top options on the slate for me as well. Um, Carrasco might be safer, but I don't know if Carrasco has his highest ceiling as Ray. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, fair points. Uh, like this Texas offense, I'm not I'm not scared about of they they strike out plenty. Um, even their power guys like like Garcia and Lowe have some strikeouts there. Um, Seager, their best hitter, you put him lefty lefty. Obviously, Simeon's a risk, but like outside of that, those four, there's really not much uh, to be concerned about in this lineup. And there's a lot of strikeouts, particularly at the bottom of the lineup. So I, I like this spot for Ray. He's one of the top pitchers on the slate for sure. Um, Bats? I don't think I want to play Texas Bats against him. No, I mean, Simeon Garcia looking for a home run. I think those are the two guys I would look to. Um, what's Matthias's price? Yeah, Matthias has a little bit of pop, 2,500. I don't, I don't mind trying to find a cheap home run here. Uh, but I, I I don't think I'd stack against him. Seattle bullpen is pretty tough, too. Yeah, and I mean, the Seattle bats, they're without Suarez, Rodriguez right now. Uh, Cal Riley banged up um, with a thumb injury right now. Got he got taken out of Sunday's game, so we'll see if he's back in the lineup. But the Seattle lineup could be really, really cheap. Um, you're gonna have to see what the pitching situation looks like here for Texas, I think. Yeah, if it's a full on bullpen game where they're just gonna run out a bunch of guys for one or two innings, I don't like attacking those spots necessarily. Um, because if a guy gets in trouble, they just bring in the next guy, um, who helps work out of the jam. If it's a situation where we're going to get a long reliever for four innings or something like that, then I might have a little more interest. But we'll have to see what kind of news shakes out on on what Texas intends to do here. Um, yeah, I, I just yeah, I got to see who the pitching is. But I mean, we could get some really cheap bats here for Seattle today, especially like if Winker doesn't play either. Yeah, I mean, even like Carlos Santana's twenty. 2500 um Kalinick's back yeah Kalinick's back in the bigs 26 if he yeah, I don't th- know if they called him back up or not yet who's that Kyle Lewis, Lewis. yeah I thought he was um, it's weird when you have these like when triple a season gets over you have the taxi squads it's so hard to keep track of who's up and who's not um we finish yeah. out the slate though with Colorado at San Francisco Marquez against Logan Webb. Seven total in this game. The Giants are 190 favorites. Uh, any interest here in Marquez? He's really cheap. I'll say that. Um, I think there's some strikeout upside here, especially at this price tag. But I, like, he's not been great this year. Going Leaving Coors Field certainly helps. I'm not terribly scared of this san francisco offense so an, another cheap guy i think you could throw some darts at in in large field tournaments but i won't have a ton yeah i don't hate it for large field tournaments but probably not going there he's then de- he's definitely been way better on the road this season than he has been at home um shocking <laughs> um but it, it's not like his numbers are great his strikeout rate actually is higher of course Logan Webb, I think Logan Webb is a fantastic play here. Uh, the, the Rockies lineup's not great. He's 7,200. Um, I think the biggest concern is just pitch count. Yeah, I, I think Lo- Logan Webb is a fantastic play as well. Um, not a huge strikeout guy, but that's okay when you're facing a team like Colorado who just like, they don't have a ton of power, and he's only 7,200. Um, great ballpark to pitch in in San Francisco. Colorado doesn't have the power bats that, that can do the damage. I think I think he goes a solid seven innings here. If he even if he only gets you five or six strikeouts, that like seven innings and six strikeouts for seventy two hundred, that that's usable for sure. So I, I think he's a fantastic play. 
I will. I'm going to throw a little caution into the wind on Logan Webb. Um, there, there's been plenty of reports about him getting limited innings down the stretch. Um, I mean, we saw it last time out against Colorado in cores. He was he pitched five and a third. He allowed one hit. That was the only hit that he allowed in the game. Um, and they yanked him right after the hit at 66 pitches. So he's at a career high in innings, and they really, they're I mean they're out of it. Um, they're not mathematically out of it, but they're out of it. So just caution to the wind when it comes to Logan Webb. The spot is fantastic, but it sounds like from what I was reading, because um, I was I played him against the Rockies last time, and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> um, yeah, that's not ideal. I, I just saw that that report that you were looking at there. Um, so, yeah, ah, man, that, that really hurts the upside because I think part of the upside was was his ability to go deep. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, I don't think I can play him, Keith. Like, I mean, that report... I could see him putting up a good game. It's just, it's super risky when you have a guy that, I mean, he probably pitch count or whatever, five innings. Um, They sound like they want to limit his innings, not his pitches. So I think they let him go out in the, the sixth last time out because he has thrown a no hitter. And right when he allowed a hit, he was yanked. So I think he's kind of capped at five pitches or five innings. And I mean, that's kind of in his price. It's baked into the price a little bit. But I mean, for tournaments, the ceiling's a lot lower um, than. Yeah, I mean that probably caps him at five innings and five five or six strikeouts. Then, like, he's not a guy that's going to go and strike out two guys per night or per inning. So you're lucky if he strikes out one guy. One per, per inning, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I don't think I can play him. I really don't. Um, I, I mean, I think a guy like Moeller in that same price range probably has more upside. Sandoval, like. Yep. Uh, any interest in the Rockies bats here? Even if they only get five innings of web, he's he's still not a guy I like to pick on. Um, San Francisco bullpen is is middle of the road, so maybe there's some some upside in the later innings here, but I don't like the Rockies outside of Coors are just they're not a good offense, so not a no, not really a ton. Yeah, I mean, this bullpen started the season as like a top 10 bullpen and they've kind of died out here recently, but they still are not the best bullpen in the world. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm out on the the Rockies. And I mean, I don't even I don't hate the Giants here like Jock Peterson or any of these like cheaper lefties, but I feel like there's just better plays on this slate. Yeah, Talk about I, bad bullpens. The Rockies bullpen is trash. Yeah, in, indeed it is. Um, the like San Francisco hasn't been doing the annoying pinch hit thing as much here recently. Now that they're out of it, so I I don't mind looking for some power here. Uh, Peterson and, and Yaz are are the two I re- I would really like. Crawford, I mean thirty four hundred for a shortstop with some power. Um, not as much power this year as years past, but he's still. I mean he's still a power shortstop hitter. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you like to get some strikeouts today under 8K? I am actually going to pivot here. I had Webb, but I did not see that report that they were going to manage him down the stretch. Um, so I'm going to go Sandoval. I think I'm going to go Kyle Muller against Washington. Like it. Yep. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Um, I'm, I don't know that he's necessarily a bust. Uh, Tyler Anderson is who I'm going with. I just, San Diego doesn't offer enough strikeouts and he doesn't even attempt the strikeouts that much. So I could see him just putting up a solid 12 to 14 here. Um, probably doesn't give up a ton of runs, but there's no, no upside there. So give me Tyler Anderson. I'm going to go Noah Syndergaard, but it's cheating, so I'll throw in Pablo Lopez as well. Syndergaard is not going to get over 15. He's only going to throw one or two innings. Um, Wheeler, if he gets like four or five innings, could potentially get over 15, (laughs) so I'm not going to go Wheeler. Um, But, yeah, I think Pablo Lopez and Noah Syndergaard are two of my least favorite in this range today, so I'll go with those guys. Give me a home run over 4K today. Give me Jordan Alvarez. Took my guy. Um, give me Mr. 61 himself, uh, Aaron Judge. I think this is one of the better he's shots he's had to do it. Yeah, love that call. 
But man, I love Jordan Alvarez. He was the guy that I had under 4K to get two hits. Give me a guy to get two hits today. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go Luis Arias on this one. Um, lefties against Lance Lynn should be leading off there for the Twins at 3,400. I mentioned this guy when we were talking about the Angels. Give me Living um, Soto. Um, three multi hit games in a row, 2,200. Always forget to mention these cheap guys when we're like talking about the actual game. So I made made it a point to talk about him um, when we were talking about the game. I don't do it on purpose. I just forget sometimes. But yeah, Soto at twenty two hundred. Really like this spot against Caprillion. Um, so I'm gonna go with him today. Assuming that he's in the lineup. Give me a stack to score six or more runs today. I'm going to go with St. Louis. I just don't think Hauser is very good. That bullpen uh, is not what it has been over the past couple of years. Um, St. Louis, I think, is is looking to end the Brewers' season. So, like it. Um, I don't want to say Atlanta. I want to say Atlanta. I think they're the top stack on the slate for me today, but I'm not going to. Give me the Mets. Still something to play for in New York getting a good matchup against the Pablo Lopez who's been struggling. Um, give me the Mets. I like it. Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Can I get one David Sills catch, please? <laughs> <laughs> like just stop him. Two, two minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.